So thank you again for being here. I appreciate you taking time out to speak to us about all this interesting stuff that's coming up. And um, I mean, I think one of the biggest things that we get daily here uh, at the Herald are questions about East Bloss. For those who don't deal with this daily, uh, well, how would you kind of explain to in layman's terms how this East Bloss works? Uh, you you want to start, Amy, and then I'll just fill in. I will. I will. East Bloss is a 1% sales tax here um, that we have utilized in Coweta County to help us with things such as buses and technology. It helps us to keep our schools refreshed. It helps it. I think what most people don't know is it cannot be used for salaries. So it is strictly for bricks and mortar. Uh, I think it was um, extremely important to say that we had East Blast in place when we bought Chromebooks, the one-to-one technology a few years ago. I think without that foresight, where would we be when COVID hit? So East Blast happened to be a lifesaver for us because we were we kind of got ahead of the game on that. Yeah, and just to kind of add um, one thing that then before I got on the board, I think you were on the board, Amy, when um, the security vestibules and just our security upgrades, a lot of that came from uh, from East Floss. And, uh, and one thing I think is important uh, just for folks to remember is that, you know, yeah, it's big things like Blake Bass Middle School. You know, that's, that's big, that's shiny, that looks good. I mean, it's a great facility. Um, but then also it's things like air conditioning units. I mean, we have 32 schools, uh, you can say 33 with CEC. Um, and they're not new like like Bass. I mean, let's look at Elm Street. Elm Street is an older school. Just like with an older home, you have to, uh, there's more cost to take care of that, you know? Uh, roofs need to be replaced. Air conditioning units need to be done. Uh, painting needs to happen. I mean, it's the it's just general upkeep. So, you know, Take that one school, multiply that by the number of schools that we have in the county. It's just it, it's a it's a it's a huge undertaking just to make sure that we're at the end of the day making sure that kids are are achieving. Yeah, I'd like to piggyback on that. When he said air conditionings, uh, a couple of years ago, we did not have air conditioning in our high school gyms or middle school gyms. Uh, Steve Barker was the superintendent at the time. We were on the board. We went out. We had East Blast Town Hall meetings. We asked parents, what do you want to see? Um, and I think a lot of people think that that we don't have that community involvement. We're 100% about community engagement. And in my 12 years on the board, that's what we have been about is engaging the community. And they came in droves to East Coweta and they said, hey, we want air conditioning. We can't host events here because it is too hot. We're one of the only metro counties without this. East Blast gave us that. It's only been air conditioned and at East Coweta and a couple of the other gyms. We're still in the process of doing that, if, if I'm correct, Andrew. I think we... Yeah, either that or we're just finishing Just up. finishing up. So, I mean, that's tremendous if you are a parent in Coweta that hasn't, haven't, didn't get to experience the hot gyms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, in terms of, I guess, uh, going back to uh, some arguments against it, I mean, the number one seems to be that it, it, it's it's wasteful spending. But even before getting into that, I mean, with, with the tornado that happened, how does East Bloss play into what's going to happen at, at, at Noonan High School? I mean, either way, what what's going to happen, do you think? So I'll touch on the wasteful spending part. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Coyote County Board of Education is, a, is an extremely fiscally conservative board. 
Um, you know, when I joined um, in December 2019, I had already been coming to the meetings for about two years at that point. Uh, and so I went through the budgeting process. I went through, you know, the uh, every meeting going over the sales tax numbers, every meeting going over how we're looking at the budget. And, uh, you know, for it, for it to be deemed as wasteful is just, I think it does a disservice to the folks that are in there every single day working extremely hard to make sure that, you know what, uh, we're going to do what we can to make sure that kids are achieving, make sure we have top-notch facilities and whatnot. So, you know, I, and during the budgeting process uh, last year, uh, we got a good amount of feedback. And, you know, one of the things I kind of always say, like, like look, I agree. Like, this is something that is extremely important. When you look at our budget, though, I I, I just want you to kind of tell me, where do you think we could do some cuts at? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I will... I, we can sit down. I've gone to breakfast with people. I've, I've had countless phone calls, uh, <laughs> countless emails. Uh, and I'm like, look, and, and let's work through it. And I had one constituent just essentially say, well, I, I saw 10,000 here, maybe, you know, 5,000 there, but nothing that was like true significance. Because I think what, what, what folks, uh, I don't know if they, they know this, but you know, the 90, 91% of our, thank you, of our budget is salaries and benefits. We're the number one employer in the county. I mean, and unfortunately, it just costs money to to be that to make sure we have top notch facilities, make sure we are you know giving our workers what they need to what they need to. Right. I mean, that leaves nine percent of our budget for anything else. Mm-hmm. So for maintaining the roofs and the air conditioning and all of that things and and technology and buses. So ninety one percent of our budget goes to salary and staff. And I would fight tooth and toenail for any one of our teachers, principals, educators, our central office staff. They deserve that. I mean, without are qualified teachers and they're they're continuous learners. They go back for professional learning and training and rightfully so. 91% of our budget should be for our people. Um, to touch on Noonan. Oh wait, before you do that, yeah. I just want to say that and I, I just think it's so important to add in there how fantastically amazing and I hope those are real words <laughs> how, how awesome it is uh, to have the staff that we do have you know we got one of the highest ever accreditation scores the co- was it the Cognia? The Cognia. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah and that is a testament to our central office workers to our teachers to our custodians to our uh, librarians to our counselors to our administrators to everyone in the school system that helps make this school system great that helps make keep our property t- values high you know i mean and, and that's that's what we want at the end of the day we want to make sure that you know we're not just investing uh in a home just to not get anything out of it and a part of that is ensuring that we give our employees, you know, what they need to succeed. And I truly feel like with this accreditation, we saw that and and it, and it happened in a very positive way. But OK, well, with I, also, I mean, that going back to that, I mean, that it's also reflective of being fiscally sound. Also, I mean, it's not just well, we give our teachers and staff everything. It's also reflective of how it's run financially, which apparently is exceptional. 
So right, we are edited every year by Malden and Jenkins. Audited, we right. you know, audited. Sorry, <laughs> I know you're. Right, I'm a writer, writer and I edited. use edit. Yeah, but we are audited every year. That's on my brain daily as edits. But we we are audited by Malden and Jenkins. Outside sources come in. This is, and I think that's uh, a lot of people with funding and education don't understand how it works. And I try to tell lots of people it's, it's different pots of money. So Eastblast can't be used for salaries. There's some funding that we get federal funding that can't be used for local things, right? It's specific funding. And so some people will see a need and, and we may not necessarily have, can fulfill that need because we are held by the law as to what mo- that what money can pay for what. Um, go into Noonan with that tragedy. Noonan is, is not on the referendum for East Blast as we do have insurance to cover Noonan and, and that will. But certainly the bells and whistles and things that have to come to get Noonan the way Noonan was can certainly be benefited from East Blast. There's money for band instruments. We all know Yamaha yeah, stepped yeah, yeah. up, like hats off to our yeah, local communities and businesses. That. You know, Yamaha stepped up. There's money, I think $800,000 allotted for band instruments. Um, that's that's tremendous for, I'm, I'm a big, you know, as a writer, I like to to support the arts and music. And I think East Blast is going to, it will help Noonan. Yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, going back to that too, I mean, <sighs> The, the argument it seems to be it's an excessive tax, but at the same time it's it's not a new tax. That's the thing. And I think there's some signs out there that seem to be a little deceptive to say the least. So can you kind of talk about how that typically works because it's not a new tax? Well, I think it's I think it's interesting because I've seen a lot of the argument or the a lot of opposition saying it's um, they're for a fair tax. Fair tax. That, that, sure. well, it's not a fair tax. It absolutely is a fair tax. And I think the argument with that is you don't you take the burden off the property owner. We have reduced the millage twice. Mm-hmm. We were eighteen five nine. We reduced it to seventeen three. This year we took the full rollback of seventeen one. We see we are also property owners. I own a house. <laughs> Andrew owns a house. Can I touch on that? <laughs> yeah, because I, I I think it was Larry and our Mr. Uh, at large, uh, school board member Larry Robertson, who said it, uh, you know, at, at the board meeting, we're not sitting in an ivory tower saying you, Clay Neely, have to pay taxes and I do not have to. That is so far from reality. You know, I am probably the most, actually, no, 100%, I'm the most unestablished person on the board. <laughs> and I am a property owner. I pay taxes and because and, and right. you know, and I just know how important it is. And so, you know, I just want to make sure I uh, I just I did say that, that because I think there's some misconception that we don't pay property taxes. But I mean, I pay school system. I pay county. And because I live in the city, I pay city taxes as well. But right. I don't mean to interrupt. Sorry. No, no, no. No. Right. Well, I mean, I think that's that's some of the misconceptions. So to have an East Blast when when outside count, uh, folks are coming to our county, they're shopping, they're purchasing clothing. They're here in our county because they want to be here. That helps support our schools. And that was, that's part of what makes us so great. I mean, because we have a great school system and, and other people help us do that. And if you're not a property owner, if you happen to not be a property owner, and um, I think it, it gives some people some sense of empowerment. Well, East Blast allows me to help pay for my kids' education by making purchases. I think it's empowering other people as well. Um, and something else that was interesting to me was the fact that somehow critical race theory has been thrown into this vote about East Bloss when it is, a, it's a, I guess, for lack of a better word, a complete fabrication. Right. How, how does this enter into East Bloss, if at all? 
Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> Not <laughs> and, at and all. Short, yeah. And uh, actually, uh, Miss D sitting right beside me, uh, she addressed this at one of our school board meetings yeah. because it was something we were hearing. Uh I can definitively say that we are not. Do not. Te- <laughs> we are not teaching. We do not teach um, and race theory. There's not a plan to teach critical race theory in Coyote County schools. Right. That is from you know us, but then also um, the state superintendent said it, along with uh, Governor, Governor Kemp. Kemp. So I mean, and, and honestly, Claire, I feel like that's that's it. Yeah. Exactly. I th- I think you know Governor Kemp stated that uh, Secretary of. Uh, Secretary, um, what is his name? Richard Woods slipped to my mind. Uh, He has also stated that we do not teach it. I have stated at the board meeting. It is it is not a non issue. It is something I think that people use as a hot button topic to win elections. It is it's kind of sad in a way because it is fabricated. Um, We do not teach it here. I've stated that at the board meetings. Uh, If if. It comes up again. You know, I'm hoping that this will kind of go away because it's just not true. But if it comes up again, I'll address it again at the board meeting. Again and again. It's just something that's just not true. And I think it's also, you know, just on that, um, we've got to give, you know, I'm happy to answer. You're happy to answer. But we got to give, like, our our staff chance to, to, to teach the kids. Right. And so, you know political questions like that. I think they're I think you should just go to your school board member on that because, you know, going to your the you know about critical race theory, which is something we're not teaching, is something that the teacher should not have to expl- to, to tell you that. The principal should not have to tell you that. Like we set the policy, we set, you know, we, we set the budget, we you know, we do our things on the school board. If there's like a political question like that, which we do get. So I I give that to uh, everyone. Just I would say for that instance, coming to us, asking those questions, because they're valid questions, because it is the topic of the day, coming to us, asking those questions and giving us a chance to respond and kind of give you the, the tr- like the answer. Uh, and, and, and for me, I want everyone who's choosing to listen, I'm going to give you my, the right answer. Now, it may not be the answer that you want, but I will always give you the right answer. Well, Going back to what you're talking about, um, so you were going to school board meetings, what, two or three years before you ran? Yep. What what inspired you just to, to start going to those? And I mean, uh, you know, okay. So when I, uh, so I, uh, <laughs> so it was at a noon high school football game. I got uh, season tickets and they happened to be uh, right in front of Dr. Barker's, literally the row in front of Dr. Barker's seats. And my old um, music teacher, Miss Sue Brown, who served on the school board, just retired. Uh, she was there. And so, of course, we were kicking it. I mean, it was great. We we're having a great conversation. And she told me, she said, can you believe what's happening right now? And I'm like, I don't, even know. I don't know what's happening. And she was saying they've accused us of the infamous Wilson Ware report. Oh, yeah. right, well, right. They <laughs> accused us of fraud and racketeering sure, sure. And, and, and whatnot. And so I was 
I was shocked because I look. I was like, well, my mom's a teacher, and I'm like, well, let me let me think about it. Like, I know when I was here, I didn't think there was anything wrong because I mean, I went to you know M Street, O.P. Evans, and Newton High School, went to college and came back. So I was like, hey, there's a reason I came back. There's a reason I succeeded in college. I was like, well, let me let me just start. I just, I'm just curious. I'll just go to one meeting, and then literally, I've been at every single meeting. <laughs> it's since a familiar then. story. He so, likes us. Yeah, yeah. he likes yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> he decided to hang out with us. Yeah. 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 So and and so and at that point, what, how, I guess the way best way to ask this is, you've seen all the kind of how everything's going across the country in terms of school boards. What have you seen this year that is just you would have never thought you'd have seen two, three years ago when you first started getting interested in the school board? I mean, the absolute disdain and hatred for civil servants. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I will say just the. And I get it. This is what, you know, I guess we can say this is what we signed up for, though. I was a little surprised. Uh, some people really just, they, they'll come up and just be oh, just a little ugly. Yeah. You know, you'll be yeah. in the grocery store. And uh, and look, I will say this. And Amy, I'm sure you see it. I know uh, Beth and Larry and all the others get it as well. People, I can't, I can't go to Publix without someone talking to me about their kid. Which actually, I love that. I'm well, like, that's Publix. You know, what school are you yeah, at? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What school? Yeah, I, 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 you don't want to talk to anyone. Go food. Depot. Yeah, that was before the school. <laughs> that was before the school board even. Uh, right, people, right. But no, it's it's and and I love that people tell me where their kids are at. I literally saw an old classmate. Um, she had some kids who were at. Um, North Side, and I'm like, oh my god, I love Doctor Ballou. Like, great, great, great school, great place. And so I think you know that was something I was expecting. What I wasn't expecting was the accusatory, like, how dare you? And I'm and and it's like, okay, well let's let's like unpack that a little bit. And then it's a, and I will say the majority of the time it is a misconception of what someone told them or a misconception of what they read or what they saw on social media. And so I, at the, at the end of it all, whether it's, you know, on email, in person, whatever, always, I always try to say, look, I'm, I appreciate you reaching out. Yeah. And cause I think that's important. I think, you know, getting involved with local, um, your local officials is the, probably the most important thing. They, these are the local officials are the ones who impact your life the most. Um, I, but yeah, so but back to answering your question, Clay, I think that was probably the the the, the thing that kind of hit me the most. And I don't think it was always this way. I just think we're just unfortunately in this COVID environment, which is, you know, hard. It is hard. Um, we're also just went through a tornado. Right. I, I you know, exactly. It's, I will say, you know, I'm a 12 year veteran on the school board. It has been my honor to serve. One of the things that I I've noticed um, in this climate, in this recent climate, and, and I pride myself in keeping politics off the school board. It is imperative for children and parents to know that when we're making decisions, our decisions are not driven by Republicans and Democrats. It can't be. Um, I, I also serve as the executive director of the Georgia School Board Association, and we, you know, I've 13 additional districts. Um, and I talked to Clayton and, and Fayetteville, and I talked to my other advisors and school board members. And one of the things that they will, I was in a meeting yesterday, politics has no business in a school board room. And it is very unfortunate that on a, that, that COVID and all the other issues that we've had and the local, the East Blast vote coming up, that it has turned so political. And it is a, you know, local politics just infusing itself into our school board. It just has no room for it. Children, children don't care. 
you know, like he said, it, it, we are touchable. As a school board member, you know, you're responsible for people's property taxes and you're responsible for their children. The two most passionate things that people love about, right? Money and kids. And so that is, we are the shepherds of that. And so with that is a huge responsibility. So, but I also think as a mother of four, I have three children who've gone through, my youngest one's a senior at East Coweta. I also understand the sympathy these moms have when they're coming and they're frustrated and they're like, don't put my kid in a mask or please put my kid in a mask. I sympathize with them. But my decision whether to do that or not is driven not by politics. And I think that's huge to say. Well, and and that's indicative of where we are as society right now, where everything is just, it's never been more polarized, except maybe in the Civil War. But I mean, (laughs) in modern day, everything has become so very black and white. So, I mean, there's really no room for where you're like, we're going to, you know, listen to both sides and we're going to try to make a decision that benefits all people. You know, either you're on my side or you're against You're exactly right. It's us versus them mentality. And and just to add to the the political part, I think that's all, I mean, that's the best example of why the Board of Education in this county, at least, is nonpartisan and why it should always stay. Great example. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's, it, I, I won't even go into the things I've seen written about me on social media, but I will say that there's a reason why, again, I'm just gonna repeat it, why it's nonpartisan, why it should always stay nonpartisan. My my focus is what's best for these kids. Yeah. Like right. what is Absolutely. best for these kids. Yeah. Not for a party or you know Correct. as being a representative. I think you lose your focus. Well, if yeah. you're not about student achievement and you're letting a, a, a local political group come in and kinda, you know, distract you. And I think we've seen that distraction. Um, when they come and distract you, I, I left a REACH program this, you know, earlier today. You know, good things are going on in Coweta County. We've got successful kids. We just got the highest Cognia rating. People want to be here. They're moving here because of our schools. And, and that's what's so fascinating to me is that all the things to pick on in our community, trying to go after our schools, is it's, it's amazing because it's one of the highest achieving examples that we have of our community. It's one of the main reasons people are moving here that have kids and stuff. Because if you're moving to the south of Metro Atlanta area, there's really two places. It's either going to be Peachtree City or or Noonan or right. Coweta County. Right. And I'd say a huge chunk of that is due to our education. And so it's just so, to me, strange anyway to be tilting windmills on something like that or choosing that hill to die on when everything, especially like you said in the report here with, with the cognitive review, I mean, it's, it's across the board. There's yeah. really nothing... <laughs> and they touch all aspects yeah. of the finances. Fin- yeah, finances. Finances always, is obviously a big thing for us uh, being on the school board. So, but they touch finances. They touched, you know, how, how, like, just how you're making the individual difference in each individual classroom. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's, I mean, if you all have, and again, this is this is public, so you all can go and read the Cognitive Report. I mean, we try to put it out there as much as we can. So. Well, I think the biggest misconception when you see these vote no signs is there's a, it, it's an increase to 8%. Mm-hmm. Coweta County is 7%. It will remain that if the voters choose to support us on East Blast on this. I think that's a big misconception. It, it you know, I, I don't want to go as far as to say it's an outright lie, but it's just it's just not true because I'm getting I'm getting the phone calls, are we going to 8%? It is not a new tax. It is a continuation of education. It will remain 7% uh, if the voters choose to do that for us. 96 out of 159 Georgia counties currently have an 8% county tax. We're not one of them. You know, all but two counties in the state of Georgia have East Blast. They support education. Coweta should be no different. All right. 
Well, going forward, I mean, to, to I guess kind of close up, um, what, what would you like people to kind of know from your perspective? Because, I mean, we've talked about how stressful things are, especially sitting on a board in 2020, 2021. I mean, if you, there was something you wanted to relate to frustrated parents, I mean, what would it be? Because, I mean, I get it. We all have frustrations. Like you said, you know, it, we're all battling individual things. But, you know, you don't want to project it necessarily on people, theoretically. But uh, <laughs> We hope not. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, knowing how pe- frustrated people are, what, what do you think? So I'll start, and and I want to just make sure no one. I hope no one feels like, oh, poor Andrew. You know, he's getting people are being mean to him. Like I, it's you know, it kind of just at this point, it's like water down my back, like if I was a duck. You know, and uh, I would just say, and and I'm going to be very brief because this is just lately, it's just kind of been what only thing I could say. Uh, We're all doing the best we can. This is an extremely difficult environment, uh, but we do hear you. And so all continue to reach out to us and, you know, we will do the best we can uh, with the resources that we have. I, do, I would agree with that. I would say listening. I think we've done a, a pretty good job of that. We've had, you know, speakers speak at the board meeting. We listen to them. You know, we, we hear them. We hear you. We hear your frustrations. I'm a mom as well. I, I understand the fears and the frustrations. But what I would like most people to know is that despite the politi- political attack that we faced, despite an F4 tornado, students are thriving. 23 plus thousand students and staff are thriving. We have Friday night lights. We have volleyball, basketball, band. Students are, you know, just we are a community that takes pride in their children. And I think supporting East Blast continues that, you know, history of supporting our kids. I mean, what, you know, we've got a, a big brag moment with Will Smith, Northgate mm-hmm. High School graduate yeah. in the World Series. Right. Come on, let's go Braves. Yeah, I mean, Braves. you know, let's go Braves. And and I'm thinking he is a product of Coweta County. I could give you countless countless success stories of children. Andrew's one of them. Larry Robertson. Larry Frank Robertson, Farmers. Frank Farmer, yeah. you know, Barnett. Beth Barnett. They all, <laughs> and serving, they, they they were educated by this community. They're serving this community, right? I was born in Texas, grew up down in Meriwether County. I was My dad was in the Air Force. I was in Meriwether. I shopped in Noonan. Guess what I did? Ran to Coweta to raise my family. And that's where I've been for 28 years. So I think, um, because I chose to come here. So I think our teachers, if you could walk into a classroom with us, and we often do that, I was with students today, you will see the joy and pride of Coweta. Because despite the attacks, despite the vote no signs, I think, despite the, you know, the F4 tornado that wreaked havoc on us, despite the pandemic, I can tell you guys, we've been nominated for governance team of the year. So to get that, it gives us goosebumps now because to govern through what we've governed, we may not win, but, you know, but But we're nominated, (laughs) you know, to just say, despite adversity, we we are overcoming it and and our children are benefiting from that. 100%. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you again for coming by. Absolutely. I really appreciate the opportunity to kind of talk about all this. And I know we're down to the final stretch here within the next week or so. So... Anything we can do to provide good Appreciate information, that. we want to do it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you.